0: Get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. All right, folks. Hey, how we doing? Hey, everyone. Hey, we're back. And it's summertime, so we're enjoying some cold beverages. And uh, you know, cold
1: beverages in a uh, blazing hellscape of heat. At the I know. Moment, it's like but, a
0: heat uh, wave from hell here. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. But uh, the, the beverages you know what, are see, cold.
0: The problem is, is that in the wintertime, we beg for hot and warm weather. Mm-hmm. And, and then guess we what? It. We get it. Yeah. Be so, careful what you wish for is exactly, really what it comes down to.
1: Exactly. We could just have it at like a mild sort of 15 degrees and damp the entire time.
0: That's why I love fall. I'm a fall guy, yeah. I love the fall, wow. that's what I'm all about. I'd probably
1: shoot myself, but, but uh, I mean, good,
0: <laughs> good on you. Wow, that's just uh, how to bring the show up there. I, I go. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably should tell you who we are, so this is actually tikicentralcanada.ca, mm-hmm. and we're, this is Tiki Central, and my name's Craig Stevens, I am your bartender for the hour.
1: And I'm Cam, uh, I'm uh, Craig's uh, barback, uh, uh, barback <laughs> uh, occasional sidekick, and uh, scofflaw.
0: I noticed that the inventory is going down on the Mad Tom, by the way, while we're talking, so <laughs> it's like...
1: <laughs> it's a fantastic, tastic beverage, that's a, all I have to say about that.
0: Speaking about beverage, we did mm. actually prepare one before the show, and this yes, is one we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Fog Cutter. The Fog Cutter. <laughs> yes, that's actually the actual name of the drink, Fog Cutter, yes. Sounds like a boat. <laughs> it actually probably could be named a boat, yeah. you're right, yeah, yeah, it could be, yeah.
1: You know, me old fog cutter, she and I have been gone a long, 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 time. long time, day by. <laughs> um, you said it more and more like a part. That yeah, I no, I, <laughs> that I screwed that up royally, but uh, I did my best, eh? Yes. And I have to say that uh, rather than cutting from the fog, it feels like it's adding to it, at least mentally. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yes, for sure. So uh, this is one of these drinks of you know we talked about before. That back in the days, we used to have three or four ounces of, of, of spirit. Uh, you can't do that now, obviously, in the bars. Mm-hmm. So you have to you can only do two ounces. So this so, is one of those drinks you can't serve at a regular... If you did the actual recipe, mm-hmm. you can't do it in a bar.
1: Well, and, and I have to admit that, that what you've served to me is delicious. Now, is it like the original recipe or is this more a bar-friendly uh, actually, one? Actually,
0: so... You're jumping ahead here. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, so what we actually, we actually had was actually was the Dawn Beachcomber version. I see. Yes. So this is a fog cutter and it actually is a tiki drink that's one of the original tiki drinks from way, way back. Mm -hmm. So we all, we talked about before, Trader Vic and Don Beachcomber are the original sort of pioneers of tiki culture. So did this, did did this drink kind of come from the start? Yeah, so both of them actually, and this is one of those drinks remember we talked about before the secrecy and stuff like this and, mm-hmm. you know, Trader Rick said, oh, I made the Mai Tai and Don Beachcomber said, no, no, I made the mm-hmm. Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. So this is another one of those drinks where like they both claim they made it. <laughs> right, right. So, but again, I'm going with the Trader Vic's recipe and there's basically there's a reason behind that. I see. But so
1: see what it. makes you think that uh, TV, Trader Vic, over uh, John the Beachcomber was the... I like your w- short form terminology uh, here. Yeah, does that well, come
0: from work? Is that it? Like acronyms and stuff?
1: Well, you know, I mean, working for the government does that to a man. <laughs>
0: That's I why I don't know. work for the government. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but, but. So Vic, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, no. So, so you're implying that it was Trader Vic over, or rather than Don the Beachcomber. Right. Who, I believe it was more created. of a Trader
0: Vic than Don the Beachcomber. So and, why is that? So I think the reason why I, I believe that, and through my research and stuff like this, is that Trader Vic was more about lemon juice, and also, too, he would do multiple spirits. So he would make drinks. It would not only just have rum in it, but also would have gin, Brandy, vodka, and all these other uh, combinations, hmm. where uh, Donna Beachcomber was the exact opposite. He was more about lime juice and he kind of stayed away from other spirits other than just rum. Okay, a bit more of a purist than I imagine. Exactly. So wow. he did do different kinds of rum, mm-hmm. but he pretty well stuck to rum. So I think Trader Vic was more the elaborate one who's like sort of right. branched out into other spirits as well right. at the same time.
1: So, so this seems to imply though that that this beverage has multiple
0: or or can have multiple alcohols yeah. in it. Or? Yes, this is actually one of the very few tiki drinks that are out there that actually has more than just one spirit mm. usually drinks uh tiki drinks actually have uh, and most drinks actually in general usually have just one spirit yeah you've got your barriers of, yeah. of the same spirit this actually has different spirits within the same drink i see yeah are there a variety of recipes that are involved with this drink or so the recipes we're going to go through we let's go through both of them Trader, oh, Trader Vic's and Don Beach
1: Okay, so okay. Sweet Daddy B and uh, <laughs> TV. Okay, suite. so
0: Trader Vic's recipe for this, and we we'll actually will put this in the descriptions, of course, mm-hmm. like we usually do, mm-hmm. is two ounces of lime juice, one ounce of orange juice, a half ounce of OJ, two ounces of rum. One ounce of brandy, a half ounce of gin, and then a sherry float on top. Now, let me explain something. If you notice this, if you kind of wrote this down in your head, or actually look at the descriptions, Mm -hmm. it's half, half, half. So two ounces divided by two is one ounce, which is your Mm -hmm. orange juice, divided by one ounce. Sorry, divided by half half, is orge. And then the same thing for your spirits. So you have your rum, two ounces, divided by half, one ounce. Exactly. So it's two, one, half. Two one half. I see. The mix see. and the spirits. So what's orge? Orge, remember we talked about before, is that almond syrup. Oh, okay. Now okay, that okay, you can okay. get, if you're actually looking for that and you have a hard time finding it, I, my suggestion to you is actually a specialty coffee shop. Um, That's mm-hmm. where I get mine from actually. Mm-hmm. So if you go to any specialty coffee shop, they'll always have some syrups off to the side to, to buy. And they also use also in their yeah. espressos and things like that. Whatever. It's the glop weirdos put in their coffee. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker so I'm imagining that these things do go into these coffees yeah, yeah. specialty coffees um, so yeah you can go to a specialty coffee shop and get OJ from there I see yep now the Don Beachcomber version let's try that and that's mm. actually what we're drinking today we're drinking the Don Beachcomber version because I actually like it uh, and I'll explain why mm-hmm. so it's a game. same thing two, one, half two, one, half mm-hmm. so two ounces of lime juice one ounce of orange juice half or ounce of OJ Mm -hmm. Almond syrup again, Mm -hmm. two ounces of gold rum, one ounce of pisco, and half an ounce Mm -hmm. of gin, and then the sherry float on top. So it seems to have a bit more booze in it. No, it's a sequel amount, same, the same amount of same oh, okay. portions, but different types of boots. What's Pisco? Pisco. So, what on God's green earth is And that's not after a drunken night Pisco. at the party. Hey, that's not after a drunken night at the party.
1: Hey, the name Pisco. I got to piss and go.
0: I got to piss and go, right?
1: I'm the kind of guy who sticks around until nobody wants him there. <laughs> what well, like is Pisco? Like
0: <laughs> it's like a mobster movie here, okay? All right, <laughs> Al Capone. Skidoo. Yeah. Listen, wise guy. I'm gonna tell you how what the pisco is all about. Okay, <laughs> you see,
1: yeah,
0: pisco. Yes. Yeah, so pisco actually is a colorless, or sometimes it might be a yellowish kind of amberish brandy that's made in the wine making regions of Peru and Chile. Hmm. Now, um, the one I got actually it was is from Peru, um, and it's a it's amazing drink. Have you ever have heard of a pisco sour? Um, I have actually. Yeah. That is an amazing drink. So. Pisco is one of those alcohols. I don't know if you've ever heard of absinthe. Of we've, we've, I think, yes, no, one. No, I actually quite, uh, I quite enjoy a little bit of absinthe on occasion. Okay, so pisco yeah. is in the same category as absinthe. Where actually, apparently, it has, I wouldn't say hallucinant, but yeah, apparently, it's got a small. Potential of a hallucinogenic factor, factor, yeah. factor to it. Yeah. So it hasn't, you
1: know,
0: officially been proven. Like is it, it's
1: and, and and you may not know this, and
0: uh, but but is it? Produced I will with research wormwood? it out. Yeah.
1: Is it produced with wormwood like absinthe is? Because, no, it is not okay. produced with wormwood. Okay.
0: But it is, goes through the same process that winemaking is. Mm. So the way they use it is actually they do ferment grape juice and a high proof spirit, mm-hmm. and it's been developed since the 16th century by Spanish settlers. Mm-hmm. So it's been way back. I see. So, but yeah, it's basically using the grapes and fermenting them a certain way, just like wine, but now this is actually is a cure, like a brandy. I see. Yeah. So
1: so one of the issues with absinthe, uh, yes. as I've learned uh, over the years, is that there's there's different varieties of absinthe, and they have different uh, alcoholic and other, asterisk, right. characteristics. <laughs> I like how he does that. Cam this, well, is, this yeah. is audio only. <laughs> No, i'm doing my best here yeah, no, yeah that's gotcha. why i said we got the hint we
0: got the hint yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so it, it, and so a lot of the recipes are
0: are pretty kind of top secret yes um so is that the same with pisco or so pisco yeah the recipe for pisco is is pretty top secret again it's been around since the 16th century mm-hmm. um it's the same thing that's the reason why um a lot of these liqueurs especially in Europe there's so much history to it. An example, uh, this one that I've uh, I've used before in the past, it's got a 400 year history to it and it's actually made by French monks. And Mm. so the, the, they do is they hold the recipe and because they don't want anyone else to patent it or copy it or duplicate it or in any way. And yeah. Now, I remember we talked about before, it's the same thing as the Tiki culture. Reach Beachcomber would not give any recipes out. I was Taylor, to say, Vic, yeah. doesn't give any of his recipes out. It's all like.
1: Secretiveness. And it's like, you maybe right. give it to your best buds and right. then they eventually betray it's this, you. It's but, the
0: same thing as this Pisco. Yeah. Basically, you're enjoying it, but you're not quite sure what you're drinking. Okay. As we were
1: discussing earlier. Yes. These are pretty boozy drinks.
0: Correct. Yes,
1: I'm I'm feeling the impact of this one I'm drinking right (laughs) now. It's starting to to kick it in now. eh? Yeah, just eh, you know, just a nudge. Um, you can't serve them today. No. Correct. 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 Okay. So, what's the point of talking about these? Like, if I go into a pub or well, like 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 a a cocktail bar of some sort, and I want a beverage that tastes like this. I'm yep. not going to be
0: able to get this. No, exactly. So actually, Victor did do, once sort of the, the laws changed, mm-hmm. uh, Trader Vic did actually make the drink. And if you actually go to a Trader Vic's now today, there actually is, he kind sort of renamed it, reduced the alcohol and renamed it. It's called Simone Fog Cutter. I see. So actually, what he did is he changed the the quantity of the alcohol content. So, in other words, the the rest of the rest of the mixer is all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, just the alcohol content is dropped. Okay. Yeah, and, they, and it's yeah. the same drink you're kind of getting, but you're getting less booze. I got. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and that's probably and, uh, yeah, because my goodness, are they delicious? Like I'd like to drink more of these, but, but I, you know, I, I'm like, not sure that that would be a safe choice. quite Yeah. Honestly. Well, that's why it's just like the, the zombie we talked about in the past where like they're only and this is the same way, right? You're only allowed to serve two to a per guest per visit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: actually, he would say back then, if you had two of these, you wouldn't even be able to see the stuff. Yeah. That was his little quote <laughs> that he would tell people like, by the way, if you had two of these, you're not going to yeah. be able to see anything afterwards. Yeah. So that's how potent they were, you know what I
1: mean? Well, I mean, this one is certainly packing a wallop, but it's raised uh, an interesting question with me because I I really do enjoy the flavor of of a lot of the drinks you've made. But I'll be honest, I haven't seen seen a lot of Trader Vic's franchises in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, so there is still some Trader Vic's and actually did do some research because remember, I think we had a conversation three or four episodes Mm -hmm. ago and the question did come up, is there still Trader Vicks? And I said, well, I wasn't quite sure. So mm-hmm. I did do some research after yeah, that show. <laughs> that's why that's kicking <laughs> <me>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in. <did> <laughs> yeah. Um so yes, there actually is some Trader Vicks and it actually it's not only in USA but in Thailand, Japan, England. Germany, Dubai of all places. No, oh, these. Uh, parts of East Africa and even the Middle East. Okay, and the, well yeah, and I mean Dubai is pretty now, well, but yeah. Middle yeah. East blew my mind because I'm like, aren't those guys in for the most part well, there's a lot of folks who are
1: not cool with uh, the hooch. alcohol. Yeah. Well, just alcohol in general, right? Mm, so
0: it's just really strange to see that actually some locations actually even in the Middle East that are doing pretty good. Hmm. So now, are, are
1: are these companies still independently owned, or is it like it's probably? I'm guessing anyway. It's probably. I gotta company.
0: imagine they're pretty well franchised out. Like he yeah. probably has a controlling factor, yeah. just like any other franchise, but they can also operate on their own. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that said, yes.
1: it seems to me that if this is sort of a franchise operation, there's probably other entities out there
0: that that may be kind of playing with the recipe, right? Yeah, there are other recipes out there. And one of the guys actually back then that worked for Don at Beachcomber, his name Mm. is Tony Ramos. Tony Ramos. Ramos, yes. He actually made his own version of this drink. Now, the reason why I didn't do his recipe is because he actually uses it with sweet and sour mix. And if you remember correctly, I'm not a fan of sweet and sour mix whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, One, because it's an artificial um, flavoring. Yeah. Lime juice and the syrup in there is actually cornstarch. So mm. I basically didn't want to bring that recipe out, and actually will not put that recipe in the description because it has the sweet and sour mix in there for you. I see. So yeah, okay. Um,
1: one of the things we talked about on this podcast a fair amount, I think, in the past is the importance of the vessel in which the
0: right. If you got an amazing yeah. drink, you may as well put it into an amazing, amazing glass, glass, right? Yeah. And so the glass that is traditionally made for this drink, especially in Trader Vic's. Um, situation is actually mm. a very specific mug that is designed for it. Mm. So it is a ceramic mug that is tall. It's mm-hmm. like an hourglass shaped kind of mug. Mm. And it actually has a girl on there, usually in a bikini. Like a sexy Woo-woo. hula girl. kind. That's of right. Ula, right. Hula hula right. girl. Right. Right. Um, but actually it's very large. It, it holds 24 ounces or if you put that in metric, it's 750 milliliters. This glass holds, yeah. So that holds a That's lot. A big drink. It yeah. holds a lot. Yeah. And like, like, is it filled up completely? Is the idea that you slug? Yeah. By, wow. Exactly. So you're You basically got a lot of liquid in there. There's obviously mm-hmm. lots of ice in there as well.
1: Okay, so it kind right. of dilutes a little yeah, bit yeah, the, as you go uh, along, the, right? The oomph,
0: the, the which is probably good because of all that alcohol that's in
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that the drinks, are, or pardon me, the vessels have got you know pretty ladies on them and that kind of thing. For this one uh, in particular, yes, sure. Memory, yes. Okay, so are they? Uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of kind of unique tiki. We see mugs, mugs, and and, and, and that kind of thing. Like I've dead. seen, I've seen right. this whole series of Star Wars style. Like like Star Wars. I know I could so like tiki no. glasses yes, that are yes, th- yes. that are kind of in that style. Um, right? E B
0: Games actually uh, has them. So if you're from States you don't know what I'm talking about, but if you're from Canada, E B Games actually has tiki culture Star Wars mugs mm. and they are actually really amazing to look at. Now I'm a Star Wars fan, of course, but even in a tiki culture, they actually look like tiki statues cool you know what i mean yeah, like yeah the, yeah. The, yeah so
1: they kind of blended the two styles the two right? styles like together the into Star one resort art exactly and, uh, so no, that's cool and well and i'm pretty sure you can also get them on thinkgeek.com i'm pretty sure oh yeah uh that's because you know cam's a geek <laughs>
0: hey okay.
1: i appreciate that oh come on I mean, you're brain, you're the brains <laughs> of the operation come on now yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if only yeah. So, so so why like like Beyond the kind of initial uh, uh, memorability, you, you, right. you know, like you got a cool drink and a cool glass. You can be like, oh, yeah, I had this great drink and a great glass. Was there any logic behind like any the other actual logic? glasses they're yeah, using? Yeah, exactly. Because yes. it seems like extra effort.
0: Now, so what it is is that um, most people usually argue the point of the tiki culture mugs, especially the this one in particular, the fog cutter one, is that. It was like a souvenir and, and, you know, it's part of your journey. You went somewhere exotic and you got the souvenir to come home. And mm-hmm. it is true. Mm-hmm. When you go to all these tiki bars, they actually will sell the glassware, which is really cool. And I've actually bought in some glassware some places I've gone right that are really exotic. Um, for me, though, I think what it is also, too, is the presentation. So if you've got an amazing drink that's very complex, like this one is, mm-hmm. and it's got a history to it, well, then why not dress it up with a nice piece of glassware and an amazing garnish um, to go to boot? I mean, mm-hmm. example, like when I went to this, the a uh, tiki room, uh, my, my tie had at least the umbrella, the typical universal you know, umbrella yeah, that no, one talks about, but also had a, a lime boat that was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? yeah, it had a lime boat. So, What's a lime boat? So a lime boat is what it is. is you cut a lime in half. Sure. You curve out the middle. Yeah. Turn it upside down so it floats on top of the drink. Oh, jeepers. And you put 151 Bar in there. Yeah. And you light it. So when you bring it to the table, it actually is on fire. So it's an amazing presentation. So the drink is amazing. Incredible. And it adds a lot to the whole Mm -hmm. exotic and specific and, Mm. you know, the culture that we talk about, right? Brilliant. Exotic, yeah, for sure. But how did these, uh, I mean, I can understand sort of the
1: modern kitsch. Yes, of of the hula yeah, girl, let's say on the. Yeah, well, drive. yeah, I mean, like, like we all have cupboards with glasses and mugs in it that, you know, some of us have gotten from elsewhere. But, but what sort of part of tiki culture pulled this kind of enthusiasm out? Because, in other words, like, where do
0: these mugs come from? The origin of them, right? Well, well, yeah, not the mugs themselves, but the idea of, of the, the mugs. mugs. Ah, yeah. Okay, so the drinkware or the the, the glassware we're talking about here. The reason why it came into play with tiki culture because tiki culture is also Polynesian. Mm-hmm. So the Polynesian culture is all these mugs. If you look at these mugs, they either be it heads or masks or creatures or whatever right. they are, and this all comes from the Polynesian so, culture itself. Okay.
1: So I've I, I've got a reasonable idea of of quote unquote Polynesian culture in the sense that. You know, I've seen images and it's like on TV or in the movies or on the news or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, well, this is Polynesian. You know, you see a lot of Samoan art recently, like it's become more popular and stuff. But what does
0: Polynesian actually refer to? So Polynesia. Okay. So if we break the word down, it's a Greek word. Poly means many. Sure. Okay. And Nesia means islands. So mm-hmm. means many islands. Okay. So Polynesia basically encompasses in the Pacific Ocean. So in the Pacific Ocean, it is actually Pacific Ocean is actually the largest ocean in in the world. By yeah, the way, no, it's okay. enormous. Yeah. So I've actually read at one point there. So you remember Bugs Bunny how he dug to the earth with an a uh, a. Uh, 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 a shovel mm-hmm. and ended up on the other side of the, of the of the planet well he kept taking a wrong turn at albuquerque <laughs> not the turn but you know i mean digging to the point where it actually went right straight through the core and out to the side okay so so so, so, so like
1: what he when he digs from like the u.s to china or that's something it, yeah like that. and that's actually okay, in the, one
0: of the commercial yeah. cartoons he actually does that he digs and yeah. he's somewhere in like tennessee or something ends up in yeah. china right so if you actually dug a hole same sort of process in mm-hmm. one part of the pacific ocean you could actually end up still in the pacific ocean on the other side it is that big. It's over 4,000 miles, and there's basically this little triangle that we're going to talk about, which mm-hmm. is the where the Polynesian uh, culture comes from. I see. Yeah. So the triangle, now, if you look at the apex of the triangle, so the Hawaiian Islands is in the north. Okay. okay. No, yeah. and it's basically... So, yeah, you start at the Hawaiian Islands. And then basically... And you draw a line to... to- New Zealand, which is oh, wow. in the West. Yeah. Okay. And then you go all the way over to Easter Island in the East, Jeez. which is called Rapa Nui, Okay, which is part of Chile.
1: Well, yeah. And I've actually heard like, yeah, like Easter Island is one of the most remote places on the planet. Yeah. Um. So you're ta- like, and I, I don't know about you, but when I look a map of the Pacific, they don't really identify a lot of islands, but you've got this massive 4,000 triangular like, like uh, 4,000
0: mile per point perimeter. from one point to another, 4,000
1: to 4,000 to 4,000 right. perimeter so, yeah. yeah,
0: so and think about these, with like an you said, higher civilization. In it. And you're actually right. And when I did do some research on this, actually, some of these islands that we're talking about are probably the most exotic, um, unterritorial islands in the world. Like, mm-hmm. it hasn't been discovered or it hasn't been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like untouched, untouched, basically. basically. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and now actually on the Easter Island, it actually does have something that we all know, and it's very famous for, is the stone heads. Right. Right? Yeah. Now, the, the stone heads. stone. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Now, the stone heads have a rumor that basically it's either made by time travelers. I've heard that. Or <laughs> aliens. Yeah. And we've yeah, heard of yeah, that as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, because yeah. they're kind of like, well, how can some human being have possibly yeah. made these stone heads, right? Because yeah. if you actually look at the stone heads, they actually are kind of buried into the ground. So, it's almost like, okay, how deep does that actually go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right is there a neck and a body and all that
1: (laughs) i like to i like to think about i have faith in the sheer bloody mindedness of people to do that and i feel that it was probably done on some level yeah as a dare somebody told somebody yeah you know what you're not going to be able to do this exactly and they pulled it off anyway watch this yeah i'll show you Because
0: there's things around the world right that we've seen I mean, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen too, where it's kind of, there's no way of explaining how these things are made other than, you know, like this, like this suggestion here where it says time traveler or aliens. Well, it's like the pyramids or Stonehenge or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. how do you explain those? Yeah. Or what's that one there, the crop? Um, oh, crop circles. Yeah, how do you explain that? Oh, one? yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah. Those are those things like that you just you see and you go, hmm, nah. it's a possibility. I mostly blame it on drunk Larry. <laughs> Some kind of tractor going. Watch this! I, I showed them.
1: Yeah, I am an artist at work here. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. But uh, right. but yeah, no, no. It's all, it's all
0: it's all in good fun, right? Exactly. Did you know? Well, I did not. So, Polynesia is one of the only major regions in the Pacific Ocean, and the the other regions are Melanesia, Micronesia, of course, Polynesia, which we're talking about, mm-hmm. and Australia. Australia. Yeah, Australia actually used to be known as Oceania. Yeah, Oceania. I've, I've heard that yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure why the change from Oceania to Australia. Is this easier on the tongue or something? I, wh- I don't know. I, I, I have to assume it had something to do with
1: like a rebranding of, of Australia as an island prison for uh you know, sneak thieves and whatnot from North America. Right, because it
0: wasn't what it was, wasn't it at one point? Well, that yeah, it was a prison colony. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah.
1: You know, like, they they probably went from prison colony, they're like, all right, blokes, we're done with the prison colony. I now we've gone to
0: attract tourists. <laughs> that's right, kangaroos, and that's not a knife, that's a knife. oi, <laughs> oi. <laughs> Oh my God! So many. It <laughs> just brings back uh, crocodile yeah. Dundee. I just—it's hilarious, yeah. man. I I feel that we may get a Paul Hogan. Uh, a yeah, note yeah. From the
1: Australian anti-defamation. That's right. Rig, I
0: think but, we'll, uh, for sure.
1: Uh, um. So okay. All, all joking aside, though. But are what? there any other uh, interesting facts about this?
0: So the French Polynesia part uh, was hmm. forever changed because of nuclear testing, actually, mm. which was processed, began in 1962 by France. Along the, the ground front. exactly yeah. now they used to cheat actually uh do their testing in algeria okay in but north then africa they right. gained independence and said no more for
1: that we're done <laughs> it's funny how that happens hey? <laughs> suddenly you've got your choice to say no nukes here and you say yeah no nukes here <laughs> exactly yeah. well we'll just move on to a smaller country then. Mm-hmm. that's okay okay so <laughs> so like... the french took t- took advantage of uh their other colonial hold holdings. well and basically
0: what they thought probably thought was that Polynesia is so far away from everything else. It's like, wow, hey. Well, I was going to know about it. Well, it's it. a few booms. Yeah. No one's going to notice, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now they actually uh, built two facilities there, and uh, what happened was the next three decades, 192 bombs were detonated in this facilities. Nuclear bombs. 192 nuclear bombs were detonated wow. in this facilities. Yeah. So the bomb, first bomb went from 1966 and went all the way through to 1974, hmm. exploding in the atmosphere. Which actually created, obviously, a large amount of uh, radioactivity fallout. Mm-hmm. So in other mm-hmm. words, you know, your, your fish yeah. had three eyes. and Yeah,
1: uh, no, and you basically obliterated any life on that area of the planet.
0: That's another. one like, how, uh. how do I get this rash all of a sudden on the side of my body here? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So why did it stop? <laughs> so in 1974, what ended up happening was that a lot of the region in that area was protesting to compel mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. French to mm-hmm. stop doing it. And so what they did is they went to underground explosions. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, boring basically into the ground yeah. and then doing under. So essentially what
1: the North Koreans have been doing recently. Yeah. But
0: it's, <laughs> I know. And okay, I, so I don't understand. Even if you do it underground, does that have some sort of eventually through future possibility oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. fallout? It's, it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, you basically make an explosion inside of an earth core. It oh. doesn't make sense.
1: So what what happened to the people who were living there? That's
0: like throwing a match into a boiler. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, well, yeah. if you throw enough matches, eventually it's going to make an effect. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> so what ended up happening is a lot of the people that lived in that region moved to New Zealand, said, that's it, mm. we're out of here. Mm. Um, and then also United States, which is also eventually ended up being Hawaii. Sure. Right? Because yeah. Hawaii was the last state to become part yes. of the USA. yes. So also too, you're looking at California, Washington, and Oregon, two other places. Uh, Oregon, Oregon,
1: right? And kind yeah. of anti-nuclear sentiment, talk like kind of like took hey, over. nuclear weapon sentiment. Do you guys have
0: any over. sudden booms here? No. Okay. Well, yeah. then we'll stay. We'll <laughs> have, uh, we have earthquakes. Well, no, that's that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I can deal with different. that. That's nature. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with, you know, things falling off my shelves. I just don't want things to, to uh, deteriorate from my shelf. That's Honestly, all.
1: <laughs> the only thing I want booming against the side of my door is a package from
0: FedEx. That's exactly. Yeah. How much more American can you get than that? Mm. There you go. All right. Let's go on to mailbag. You well know, that's uh, prescient of me. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think it. Uh, I think it's up to me to uh, read to, off to the read question? this uh, great old uh, question and here. I so put my so,
0: brain to work. And yeah. I, uh...
1: Well, and I actually like. I think it's a pretty good question. So so this is Taylor, and uh, he or she is asking, uh, what does tiki, the word tiki, yes. mean, and where did it come from?
0: Okay. First of all, I'm. You know, here we go again with he or she. <laughs> Cameron. Just because there is a female Cameron doesn't mean every other name out there. Craig.
1: It's only a matter of time for your name, so you better <laughs> no get with the program. Female Craig.
0: I don't understand. It's okay. Yet. I just wanted to see him. If on I behalf. ever have a
1: child that's female, <laughs>
0: you're gonna name him what? Craig. <laughs>
1: Her <laughs> Craig. <laughs> It's Just like, to teach you a lesson. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> I feel pity on that kid. My poor, poor, oh, poor future daughter. <laughs> That's right. She's got no hope whatsoever. Well, the- <laughs> Nobody likes Craig's. No. I actually, in math class, I kid you not, I have one math class where there's five Craig's. Holy smokes. Yeah, and we all sat beside each wow. other, so they actually had to go by last names. Wow, that's actually... So the... I was known as Stevens. Yeah? I <laughs> So so there weren't a lot of
1: Camerons when I grew up. There was yes. one other Cameron in my high school, or pardon me, my, my elementary school. And yes. There was, then there was one in my high school, but that's it. Yes. Um. But holy God, did we have a lot of Terras and Jennifers in my class. Jennifer
0: seems to be a very... You know what I mean? Like if I had a...
1: Oh yeah, Jennifer a and daughter. Tara, like like when I grew up, yeah. those were like the names.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I assume it's the same with names. I can name
0: yeah. off like five Jennifer's right now. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, there's certain names where just like, like even when we named my son Jacob, mm. we went with, this, uh, we were like, okay, well, we want a name that's unique and well, it's not exactly unique. No, but, it, but it, it's it, religious it's in some, some ways. Yeah, yeah, but also too, it's like, it sounds so silly because we were both in sports at the time. We also like, well, let's get a name we can yell out. For sports. Oh. Like Jake go Jake. Jacob. Jake Jake. Uh, uh. yeah. yeah. So that's how that name came to be. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so the word tiki actually mm. comes from Mari language. Mm. Mm. Now the tiki is the name of the first man in the Mari mythology. So in other words, what he is mm. in the Polynesian world, he actually is like Adam of the Eve. The Adam and Eve. Oh, Adam to Eve. Okay, yeah. So he's like the Adam of the Adam and Eve process. Mm -hmm. It's the first man, right? So from that, basically, um, what it referred to also too was a human statue carved out of wood that would traditionally be placed to mark a boundary of a sacred area. So, okay. other you way, know, okay. religious okay. area. So, 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 yeah. There, there's definitely a
1: spiritual component. Started off as sort of a mythological individual, but they then became uh, the name of sort of a totem that would mark the boundary between the spiritual world and, and the, the real world. world.
0: Yeah. Now you, oh, yeah. I think you were saying something that to me before um, in a conversation that mm. you said the same sort of thing in Asia.
1: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Actually, in 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 a couple of areas where where I was living, uh, there Care to elaborate uh, on it? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so Cam is
0: Craig now, and Craig Cam is Craig now. Uh, so
1: <laughs> so in one place I was living, uh you would know that you were entering a a an area of spiritual importance. I guess would be the right way to say it. Okay, or at least that's how I interpreted it, and right. and I I hope I'm not offending anybody but this was just my understanding at the time uh but it would largely be marked off you you would have kind of a wooden um frame you would go under okay like almost like a door frame, but freestanding okay uh but it would also have paper or white cloth hangings dangling from it and that was symbolic of a transition between the the, real world like well uh, the the normal everyday human world and the spiritual world
0: Oh, okay. Very Um, cool.
1: And then uh, also uh, I was living in another place where um, historically the color of people's roofs were incredibly important. And only certain people or certain types of structure would be allowed to use certain colors. And one of the major colors was blue which would indicate wow. uh that that you were you had moved into the spiritual realm and and you were outside of the day-to-day wow, everyday really? life. So it seems to be sort of a compu- like like a little bit of a component of human existence, which is cool.
0: Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So blue roof. So is that no? sort of the same sequence as Pizza Hut has its red roof? <laughs>
1: Well, well, actually, I mean, back in the day. Uh, so, in certain areas of Asia, if if you painted your roof red and you weren't part of ro- royalty, you better have a pretty um, stretchable uh-huh. neck.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's amazing! Um, wow. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. did you did you when you were there? Did you realize this right away? Or were you kind of like a a regular tourist and kind of naive to it?
1: Well, I I, I was lucky. So I had a tour guide at the time and they were able to explain it. And so it was something that I got to understand as I was passing through these areas for Uh, the most part. Uh, And it, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, like it added a little extra kind of flair to to what I was doing.
0: Well, it's it's kind of cool because then it gives that place a more exotic... Feature right, well, like more you know meaningful I mean? and more memorable. Yeah, because you know? um, Asia has a huge history. Yes, right. And and well, I mean, it's well amazing.
1: and it, it it made me more aware of the importance of the structures to the people right who lived there, uh, li- lived around it, and that type of thing. So it's sort of like. Um, like in the West, for example, like you get churches, right? Yeah. And like even old timey, like medieval churches, like they're incredibly impressive structures. And the first time I walked into a medieval church, regardless of whether I, I had grown up in that tradition or not, I would have been blown away. Yeah. But the, the sort of, uh, holiness and importance of it. Yeah. Uh, is emphasized by the various religious symbols you get. In a place like that, but they're only religious symbols to those who know what they mean.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: and so I was really lucky and, and very humbled and happy to have learned a little bit about or had been given the information prior to entering these, these other holy areas of other
0: cultures. Yeah.
1: Uh, to, to be able to appreciate them in that sense
0: very cool very mm-hmm. cool and that's the same thing Imagining in a situation when we are talking about this pollination and the tiki and the the, st- the human statue mm-hmm. as to these people especially in like example like I've seen in in, in my research like mm-hmm. in Hawaii and things like this mm-hmm. these statues are markers of sacred areas and that you know you should be aware that these are holy grounds. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is a significance, you know what I mean? It's not just like, you know, we, I know in the in North American community, we look at it as part of like this whole tiki culture, like the bar and the whole atmosphere of it all.
1: Well, yeah. And they're almost mascots or something like right, that. They're almost like, but you it's know, important for them, it's them. Yeah. yeah. That they
0: actually do have historical importance to them in some sort of fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. So that was uh yeah, that was my little research on that. So mm-hmm. it was pretty cool to understand that one. And, um, yeah, that's exactly how tiki culture started. Right on, back then so that is our show i mm. hope that we uh, got some information out there yeah no it's been a chatty one i think it's been good yeah yeah With lots of information check check and back and forth and of Absolutely. course cam has tons of questions for me always and you know if i don't have the answer i do research it out so let's tell everybody about who we are what we're all about so we are www.tikicentralcanada.ca.
1: uh yeah and that's all one word just for those who aren't clear on this yet <laughs>
0: right there's no hyphenations or spaces in there because you know that's the way it works every
1: <laughs> second letter capitalized
0: it, it makes no difference to the internet that's right you know it's funny because like i'll type my my email address and i'll put a capital on it and mm. uh, norma's like well that has a capital I'm like it doesn't matter it's not case yeah. sensitive yeah. it's yeah. the password is but not the email address <laughs> okay <laughs> you can do whatever you want to that yeah. <laughs> still ain't right man. it's still not right yeah i know Uh, Anyway, so that is our website. On there, you will see me and Cam and also, of course, our bio and what we're all about. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also, too, there's links on there for iTunes and Google Play, which are really cool because you click on that, what it does is subscribe you to our podcast. So when we have a new podcast coming out, then you guys will be notified, say, hey, guess what? We got a new show out. That's pretty cool. Um, And on top of that, there's also streaming for all of our podcast episodes on there. And then a spot for any questions or comments you might have, because you know we always like listen like listening to our listeners and hearing what they want to talk sure about, yeah. for sure. And it actually brings up uh, what ends up for me, anyways. It makes me research it out and then puts it onto the new episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, we always are trying to evolve the show uh, more and more, without so, no question. Yeah, uh, make it new and improved every time we can. So um, hoping that everyone's enjoying what we do. And uh, please do leave any comments if it's something that you liked or didn't like be great to hear and I think we're gonna go back and make some fog cutters I know I'm on round one and maybe round two is ready on the way so I'm looking to get nicely cut <laughs> so thick that you can't even see it hey, hey, hey. there we go all right folks I think we need to go and uh, we'll talk to you later we'll see you next time for sure have a great night guys. all right take it easy Peace. well I don't know about you but I got informed guys hey guys Where's my drink?